You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm Mike Edwards out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. Episode 21, we've got a, a huge amount of topics here in, in our rundown. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about music streaming, as we always do, and uh, the music industry as a whole, once again, as as... We've said that uh, we try to try to look at music like both from the side as a listener, as a consumer, but also as a creator. So, so we try to shed a light on both sides in this in, in every discussion that we've got here. And we're going to start just with a little bit of follow up um, on on the show itself. So nobody complained about any bass frequencies in our show <laughs> in our latest episodes. Um, yeah, so we might as well just add a 60 hertz bass hum to the whole episode <laughs> and see how, how much we can get away with. I'll need to order some Beats headphones to make sure I pump it up. Yeah. So we're going to pollute the bass frequencies as long as nobody <laughs> complains about this. <laughs> and um, as our usual title follow-up, our obligatory title piece, uh, just a little bit, we've got Little Vane who jumped on to the... Not not the bandwagon, but who jumped onto title and said he's now an artist owner, so he made a deal with Jay Z there. So Lil Wayne is on there as well. If everybody who's a fan of Lil Wayne, go check out Title, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know if it makes and a difference. I think he's on every other streaming service as well. Yeah, enjoy the fact that he'll be part of an ownership of it, but yeah. the same yeah. music will be available everywhere. Be happy for him. That's what I try, what I'm trying to say. Think of him while you listen to other music. <laughs> um, we got a lot of topics about uh, things being blocked or owned or different forms of restriction. Yeah, or not being sold or, yeah. A lot of stuff about money in, in, in the long run. So what's this uh, this trademark and copyright stuff? So there was a, there's a new ruling in the UK that basically says that, um, so far music groups or in general copyright holders haven't really been, uh, let me find the word here, compensated for any copying, even private copying, legal copying that is happening. So if I were to rip a CD to my computer, uh, a CD that I bought that I legally own and I just want to have it as an MP3, I want to put it on my MP3 player. Um, yeah, well, as you might guess, some parts of the music industry aren't really okay with that. And so now there's been uh, a new ruling on that and which, which, um, pretty much tries to, to equalize this thing about, um, getting closer to what other European countries have been doing. And so I had to research a little bit about the situation for, for instance, here in Germany. And, uh, I found this little info here. So basically what it's come, to, what it, what it comes down to. When here in Germany, I buy something that's used to copy something, even maybe it's a printer, it's a CD burner, it's it's just CDs itself, or a thumb drive, anything that you can use to copy stuff. Um, I know that's a very loose definition there. Um, (laughs) In there, in in this price included is some some kind of tax that basically goes to the copyrights holders. And if you haven't already guessed who's in charge of that here, it's the gamer, of course. 
And uh, just just for comparison, so more or less on if you buy a thumb drive, there is t about eight to ten euro cents that goes to copyright holder in this price. I was wondering if there's any precedent for this in in former media. Like, do do book publishers get like royalties from ink being sold because someone might transcribe a book to their own piece of like? Well, I just really love this quote. I'm going to write it down. And like book publishers are like, hey, you can't do that. Not even for private yeah. reasons. <laughs> We get money from ink sell sellers. So I, I guess at some point they found a line there that they wouldn't cross. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if I buy paper that there would be a something in there. Oh, oh, all right. I, I mean, pay, oh. well, the thing is, even if I have a CD, I can use that to copy anything, even thing, or just burn things that I legally own I mean. that I made myself. Yeah, you're not only copying copyrighted materials. That's just one right. possibility. And they yeah. get a tax on this thing that could actually do anything. Yeah. And uh, that's crazy. Um I just got reminded when when we were in business of um of producing our first album, um we of course looked around and and thought about having it uh yeah, not print uh, not burned but pressed in, in in really in a factory and and getting like a complete product not having to make it ourselves. And um, we are not in the gamer, but even then you would have to get like like an exemption from the gamer from some kind of tax that would be involved there as well. That comes down to this very law that uh, you would have to pay money to the gamer even or, or you would have to get exempt for it. But of course, you have to pay uh, some amount of money for the papers to, to be handled there. <laughs> so in effect, you always have to pay money if you're trying to copy something, even if you don't want to. Seems insane. Like, it seems like that... Yeah. At some point, this will be turned back when it's like, oh, yeah, we've been giving you a free check forever. And yeah. I don't know. It's just wild that they've been able to set up that legal basis of just revenue. It looks like now the UK is on that trip as well. And there's no way around it. I don't know. Do you have any idea of what, what's the situation in, in the US? No, I haven't. I haven't heard. I feel like I've. I knew about Europe doing some of that, but I don't know if there's any such tax in the U.S. So Gene Simmons also has an opinion on the music industry. Um, we've got here part of an interview. Um, um, where he basically blames the music fans for the state of the industry right now, and it all comes down to his argument being that people just don't value music anymore. They just don't want to pay for it. They don't want to give money for it. They just see it as something that's free. What what's your opinion on 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 this on this kind of argument? It, it's it's complicated, but um, I mean, the, we're in a market, and there's placing value on music is can be come at from so many different angles. And I don't know. I, I'm just thinking of filmmakers right now that want a soundtrack, and today there are so many more options to you and. Um, if you think of your film as a promotional vehicle, and we, we had some ugly examples recently from that, that uh, film that was making bands pay to be in the film. But yeah. I mean, just in general, it's like if you're in a world where you know one band that has their stuff together and can provide you music versus you're on the internet and there's five million bands, um, it just seems like the price is going to be driven down on you selecting right. music. And It's not that, you know, flavor A is the same as flavor B, but if you're just, you know, oh, I just need some really scary music here, um, you're going to be able to find something from someone that won't be asking as much. And 
I know that's just one industry example of like royalties on films, but um, I, I also think just listening to music, you have so many options that the idea of going and spending $10 or $20 on a disc and then dealing with the fact that now you have to rip it or go find your CD player in your closet. And I don't know, it's just, you can blame fans, but it's really just the environment we're in. It's right. the world we're in. Could you really expect fans to do something differently? Um, right. It's not like some character defect. It's just, uh, it's just the market has moved this way. And um, I don't know. I think trying to blame people is kind of a dead end. So even if I, it's not exactly wrong. Yeah, people won't pay for things anymore. But I, I'm not like mad. Like, oh my god, people, you're terrible. Yeah, and and also I was just thinking about. Uh, I mean, I've I've complained before about um, bands playing for free everywhere and and not charging for for playing a gig, which kind of makes it hard if you if you still see it as some kind of work where you would think, okay, sometimes I really I sh I should be compensated for something like this, and with recorded music it's more or less the same i guess where i'm on the other side where i pro i provide my music for free now i don't know if uh, or, or more or less i know that there isn't really there aren't many people asking for my music now but um i provide my music for free so as more people or as more artists provide their music for free and even through let's say something like spotify where it's basically free you're not really paying anything they just get a little amount of money from that I wouldn't call that a, uh, something like selling music. Um, it kind of gets devalued also by by the artists themselves, by them saying, okay, this isn't worth anything. We're not even trying to sell it. Let's just try to get our money elsewhere. And so this whole environment shifts towards trying to, to use music to sell something else, basically, and not trying to sell the music itself. So um, I, I guess it kind of, it, it will develop more in this direction. So if you're trying to hold on to this old thing of let's just rely on this physical piece of music or this digital piece of music and sell that, it's going to be really hard unless you have fans that really just want to support you for who you are. I mean, I buy music sometimes just because I think this artist, um, I want him to succeed. I want to support this artist. Mostly when they're small artists, I think that every, every euro, every dollar can, can really help them out. And, um, even then I would buy something like just an MP3, which I usually don't do. I don't like buying MP3s. And, um, but other than that, yeah, most people by now have to rely on something else that's just marketed using their music. Yeah. What I where I part ways from Simmons especially is he basically advocates for why don't we sue everyone as much as possible at every moment yeah. and he's mad that the music industry didn't sue people harder right away and <laughs> I don't know I I remember stories of the RIAA suing like grandmothers who yeah. lived in the same house as the computer that happened to download one song and I was just like yeah I don't think grandma was downloading that song and. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like they're they're yeah, you're mad at the new reality, but you're you're looking for some someone to kill for it. And uh I don't think the fans are who you can kill for this. And uh yeah, I don't know. Um he he makes this other extreme claim that like, you know, you horrible fans that don't want to pay anything um are killing the next Elvis or killing the next Beatles like um, you know, just to, as as if you can assume that 
great artists won't emerge just because right. of a different environment being in place. I think we're we're there's tons of great music today. I don't think there's yeah. been a, a lack of great music. Yeah, and and today you don't really need uh, big funds anymore just to to produce this great music. I mean, everybody the, the playing field has been leveled so far that everybody can just record anything they want by now. I think so, or just knows a friend that would help them. It's not expensive anymore, so um, I would say just because of the recording technologies that solved this problem of um, getting an artist heard that's really great, or at least getting him uh, to to produce the music that that he's made. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm on your side with that. So we also have this uh, chart of how to earn money as an indie musician. This infographic in quotes, and, uh, please in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> This data, um, and uh, there's some interesting stuff here. The the soundtrack genre will earn you a massive fifty eight percent more than the average release. Um, I'll have to make sure I put a detective, detective, detective on iTunes. Then ten percent um, for hip hop, you get ten percent more than average. Um, if you're alternative, sorry, you, you're about eleven percent down on average. And uh, though not nearly as bad as electronic in world, which. Uh, I think electronic surprised me because it just seems like that as a genre is becoming more and more mainstream. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong yeah, on that. But maybe but people just not paying for it. That's the thing. That's true. <laughs> maybe <laughs> these these horrible fans. Um, but even more interesting is the bar graph at the bottom of which store earns the most for my genre. And uh, you know, it, on most of the genres, iTunes is well above everything else. But um, apparently, no one can sell dance music. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not somebody who listens to a lot of dance music, so I don't. I don't even know in what a situation people. Do. I mean, I know my downstairs neighbors likes to uh, play his four to the floor beat all day long. But um, other than that, I don't <laughs> know the situation where you you actually listen to dance music, except for maybe in a club. But then you're not the person who bought the music. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I guess people just stream it. An extra piece of data I think would be helpful is the year over year like decline of, or you know where you know which direction is this going? Maybe this is currently great, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm just going to make soundtracks because they sell 700 percent more than everything else." But yeah. until you know, next week, <laughs> where they figured out how to sell electronic music to people. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. Um. But it's interesting to see some of this data. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's it's funny that um, the the way this uh, image or this data is phrased, how to earn mu most music as an independent musician, um, kind of um, implies that you would sit down and think, okay, I'm going to try to make music now. Now, which is the genre I have to produce to make the most <laughs> money? Yeah, if if you just care about making money, I don't know if music is... That's the first decision point. You're like, am I going to go into music? <laughs> That's the first mistake you'd make. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we're going to talk a little bit about the feud between Taylor Swift and Apple Music. And um, just a heads up, we recorded this episode before the feud actually resolved. So by now, Apple Music has changed their stance on the situation. So the conversation you're about to hear is based on the information that were known before June 22nd. Continuing our theme of stuff being blocked or unavailable or trying to complain about whose fault things are. Um, Taylor Swift has taken to writing a letter. Um, so in a, uh, basically days after this episode gets released, uh, Apple Music will launch. And one of the things it will launch without is Taylor Swift's uh, 1989 album. And uh, 
She actually wrote a letter um, explaining why she won't be supporting this streaming service. She already famously pulled from Spotify and other services um, so that the only way, well, the only legal way you can acquire her music is uh, by purchasing it as a download um, or as a CD, obviously. Um, So she wrote, and uh, her big beef is what a lot of people have already been uh, complaining about is, so Apple's doing this three-month free trial um, which is great. You'll get a bunch of users. People will check it out. But the, the detail that has artists freaking out is, uh, Apple's not paying any royalties during these three months. Apple's not getting any money, but neither are any musicians or rights holders or royalties. At least owners. indies. We, we know that indies don't. There are rumored to be some contracts with the bigger, uh, labels, but we don't exactly know those numbers. We just know that right. they exist. Which may be why some of the labels aren't complaining about this. Um, yeah. but, you know, Taylor Swift herself wouldn't be getting any money um, for three months. And um, it's hard to disagree with them. I mean, why should you give up three months of revenue just so Apple can establish itself? Even yeah. if you believe that it'll be a good service, that you'll do well on it later, um, why should you assume that risk um, just because Apple needs to launch their platform? Um so I'm kind of with her on this, even as much as a consumer. I'm like three months free. That sounds awesome, but um, it seems like Apple should should foot the bill for that. What do you think? Right, I'm totally on your side. I'm on Taylor Swift's side. You don't really have to be a fan <laughs> of her music to to understand this argument and, and see for what it is that people are just not getting paid. That Apple is basically using their product to to promote their own product, in effect. And um, as as far as I understood it by now is that if you're on the iTunes store, you're also on Apple Music. So um, once again, take taking my music as an example, even though it doesn't make a difference in the case of <laughs> Apple Music, um, I would have to pull my music from, from iTunes so I could say I don't want to be part of this because I wouldn't be paid if people listen to my stuff uh, in the first three months. And I don't like the thought of that. If I had more money in this game for me, um, if I had to rely on iTunes sales, I would really think about uh, releasing my stuff on there for the first three months, definitely. And after that, just on principle. Yeah. And also I've read about like other other big artists who are also signed to, to independent labels. Of course, we've got um, people like Adele. We've got uh, the Prodigies on there. Um, isn't there a thing also with the Beatles not being on there or just part of the discography? I don't really um, I don't think Beatles are going to be on the streaming services at all. Yeah. Um, they they were years late just being digitally legally purchasable. Um, I think yeah they they've always been way be- way behind on that. And I think when they debuted on iTunes, they made a killing because everyone bought their stuff again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see the Beatles being on streaming services until like basically the end of the universe. Yeah. So Apple basically has to make a choice. They they can launch without those some of those big names or they can try to persuade them, try to change something about this. But I don't know. Um, I think you you know a little more about the mindset of Apple. Do you think they would they would reconsider anything about this three months trial? Um I I I'm kind of 50/50. Some of, and in some ways they may just see it as all this noise is just advertising for their new yeah. service is going to have 3 months free. And so it, it may just be all news is good news. But um 
part of me thinks maybe maybe they'll work something out but i don't know we're like five we're like um nine days out as nine we record out. this um i don't i could see them just coasting through it but I, it does it is hitting them in, in the public perception side and apple doesn't want to be known as anti-artist they they've always wanted to be associated with being pro music and uh so if if the noise gets loud enough on that front, I think they'll have to do something because they, they care about the image. Yeah, and as we said last time, they have got the money. It wouldn't it wouldn't even be a problem for them to say, okay, we can gonna we're gonna compensate you out of our own pockets. That wouldn't yeah, even just hurt at the them normal rate, bad. just like yeah. hey, we're we're <laughs> pretending that these are normal royalties and we're just you know yeah. eating the subscription fee. Yeah, if, if you want to opt out of these uh, big tech companies creating streaming platforms like Spotify and um, well, they may not be as big of a tech company as Google and Apple. What but, was the one with the T again? Ta- taste? Uh, ti- uh, Tidal? I don't know. <laughs> or Google Play Music All Access Super Key YouTube Video Service, whatever they call Groovesock. it. <laughs> or uh, Apple Music. Um, there's uh, the... The company Double Twist, who um, I remember just as a, an alternative way to push music onto your Android or, or um, iOS device if you were jailbroken, um, they uh, are coming out with a, a service that hooks into your Google Drive or your Dropbox and will let you basically create a little streaming service out of your own library. Um, now, to be fair, Google Play lets you do this too. If you just want to upload your own music, you can just stream that and, and ignore the, 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 the pay service. Um, but for those who kind of want to roll your own cloud service, it's an interesting option. And it also has one big feature that some 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 music service called Tidal is always um, shouting out <laughs> that they're doing this. As you've marked down here, it streams lossless. So yeah, um, for those audio files out there, get your get your monster cables out of the drawers. Um, now is the time you can stream your music from your own folder on on Google Drive or or Dropbox and have it lossless. Yeah, I got that because uh, the the cloud player site has their you know this classic. We chose the criteria and showed a bunch of check marks by our side and a bunch of red X's on the other person's side. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, the no DRM. They won't they won't uh, re-encode your files into something lossy. They um, you can use Chromecast and AirPlay and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see this really becoming a mainstream thing. I don't, I think if you're if you're going to cloud streaming, you you don't want to have to maintain files whatsoever. You want to go. Yeah. I want to hear this song. Now I am and hearing also, this song. <laughs> yeah, and also it would also uh, work against your quota. So just looking at my music, for, I mean, I've I haven't been buying or getting a lot of music since I've started streaming. I've right now got uh, forty-seven gigs of music on my hard drive. Some of it's MP3, some of it's FLAC. Um, I would have to pay some money to to host that on Dropbox or Google Drive, so I might as well just pay for or keep paying for Spotify. Yeah, it's, I think it's a hundred bucks a year for a terabyte on Dropbox, and uh, it's similar in other places. And yeah, I mean, granted, I use Dropbox for more than just music, but so I guess it's like if you already pay for Dropbox or something, maybe you, you might as well use well. it. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I wouldn't sign up just to stream music. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to use Cloud Player, but it is an interesting addition to the market. Um, but I, I see that as 
nerds and geeks that want to opt out of the mainstream? I mean, one use case could be if you're lucky to have a basically unlimited data plan for your mobile phone, um, you don't have to deal with pulling your music onto your onto your cell phone uh, onto your phone i mean i always had to to use um android air i think i used that one to to push music to my phone and i've been doing i haven't been doing that now since i got spotify because it's always a hassle you always forget something so now i could only just i, I could just copy my my stuff into my dropbox and be done with it and uh, let my phone do the connection thing through the cloud player i mean that would be something but yeah, as I said, um, you're still going against your data plan there. So um, un- unless you have a more or less unlimited plan or huge rates, um, you can you can't do that. To step back onto the creator side of our discussion and not all this consumer streaming stuff, um, there's always these fun videos coming out that kind of mock the the conventions or the the, the cliches of genres. And uh, Mariana Trench has done so with. Uh, this pop 101 video and this was just really really entertaining um and kind of a masterful demonstration of just pop conventions um so if you're unfamiliar this video kind of you know very on the nose all the lyrics are talking about everything the song is doing in every moment so whether the you know the bass rolls in a certain way or you know you got to speed up towards the chorus and the pre-chorus and um, just, just all these different things are done very well in this video. It's very interesting. Um, maybe we could play a sample of it right here. So how do you stumble onto this little video? <laughs> you might as well guess where do I stumble upon things on the internet? Reddit. <laughs> yeah, right, Reddit. As I've read this, um, Mariana Trench is uh, kind of famous in Canada. So they've got this thing going where the radio stations are forced to play more um, or they have a rate to to, um, to reach about uh, playing national Canadian music. Basically, a lot of stuff from Canada doesn't really cross the border to the U.S., um, but a lot of people from Canada know them because they have to play them on, on the radio. We have something <laughs> like that in Germany, I think, uh, a German quota. But the problem is that German music isn't that good in general. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of shit being produced here. Uh, but let's not get into that. That's the topic for another episode. Um, and so I've a lot of people knew Mariana Trench. I've never heard of, of that before. And, um, but it's the guy who wrote um, Call, Her, no, Call Me Maybe. So uh, even if you haven't heard of Mariana Trench, you've heard Which, stuff produced by Mariana now Trench. Now that you Trench. say that, that Call Me Maybe exhibits a lot of the attributes of what he says in this right. video. Um, it, it, I, I've read that this uh, Pop 101 video was actually produced as a response to people always asking him, how did you write, how do you write pop music? How did you write Call Me Maybe? So what are the tropes? What are the, the memes, so, uh, as you could call them, uh, in pop music that you have to use or that you should use or that... They just know that they work. So um, yeah. to to build a cookie cutter pop song nowadays. And I have to say, as far as cookie cutter pop songs go, this is pretty fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta admit that. Although I'm not really a fan of, of 
cookie cutter pop music. Um, no. <laughs> there are elements in that that they, there's a reason why they're working because musically and music from music theory perspective, they just work. They're pleasant to listen to. They, they uh, kind of hook into each other. Like they're progressions that progressions that always work. Like right in the first verse where it goes to this minor shift. I thought, yeah, that's awesome. That I like that. I got to do that myself. <laughs> and uh, I would, I yeah. would start in minor, and and yeah, it would be cool to start in major and then shift to the minor. And uh, I mean, he also uh, the typography is really fun in this video. Um, just uh, every single word in like the different styles, or when he mentions Imogen Heap, or. Um, in the bridge, it's like, this is where you bring in a rapper, Fred, and immediately in the background you hear, sup. <laughs> um, there's just, um, just has a, a comedic sort of self-mockery pop music thing. Um, just very well yeah. done, so check it out. Yeah. Yeah, and on the other end of the spectrum, uh, going to the, let's say, alternative hipster triangle territory, um, literally with Alt-J, we've got this video called How to Write an Alt-J Song. What is that, what exactly is happening in this video? Well, you see two guys stoned out of their minds, um, clearly sitting in front of a looping pedal and eating um, rice cakes. Yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole video. Announcing what they're going to do. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, let's just hear a little bit of this nonsense. Also a very, very entertaining video. <laughs> Just watching these <laughs> these guys go at it. Yeah. And uh yeah. The fun thing is I, I found that video yesterday uh, at around 8 p.m. And then after we watched the movie, they showed on German television, they showed um, Alt-J live from the Hurricane Festival. Lars was watching that video with me and then Alt-J came up and I said, hey, that, that's the band that we're joking about. And right, the first song sounded exactly like with this vocal harmony they're doing. <laughs> it was exactly the same. I don't know a lot of Alt-J songs, but it was right up this alley. So um, <laughs> I guess the, it holds true um, what they did. Uh, and also as a reaction, Alt-J actually changed their Twitter profile picture to a piece of rice cake. <laughs> oh, always the good sport. Always the room <laughs> for rice cakes. And right before we go into our pick of the weeks, um, I, this isn't really pick of the week in that sense, but I just thought it would be something to, to talk about. So Future Islands, um, right for Father's Day. So today we're recording on the 21st, um, and it's Father's Day in the US. It, it had been Father's Day a few weeks back in Germany. I didn't really know that there was a, a difference in the dates. And, um, so they released a video for Father's Day, um, for their songs, a song for our grandfathers, I think it was called. And, um, Yeah, song for our grandfathers. And this whole music video is a family reunion of, I guess, the whole family around the, the, the band. So this is actually a three-piece band, but they've got a drummer from time to time. But in this video, it's just the, the core of the band. And as, as I've told you before recording, this is kind of what I imagine a family reunion, uh, like an American family reunion looking like. I've never, I've never had that tradition before. So, uh, What do you think of that comparison? Is it is it true? Is there something you could you recognize, or is it is it completely fantastical? Yeah, I mean, I've only actually been to 
Um, my father is an only child, so that whole side of the family is not huge because there's just one branch coming down and it's us. <laughs> but um, um, I have been to uh, my mom's side family reunion. And it, I mean, it's it wasn't quite as solemn. It wasn't a you know as like let's all cry together. Um, but it was definitely, you know, barbecues and food and, you know, like basically a, a picnic or in a park or, you know, you meet somewhere where lots of people can come together and hang out for a while. Um, and yeah, I guess in a general sense, yeah, it looked like a one, one such reunion. And with that, we might as well just jump to our pick of the weeks. Um, I really don't remember who started last time. I'm just going to go ahead. Okay. Um, My pick of the week is Björn Olsen with the song Melody E I I don't know Melody I Melody in H Mol H minor. It's uh Swedish, I think. I think it's Swedish. Um it's it's an acoustic track. I found it by by uh out of out of pure randomness in some 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 YouTube let's player that I sometimes watch had it in the background of one of his videos just really for a, for a short amount of time and um um thankfully somebody in the comments mentioned what's the song what the song is called and looked it up on Spotify it's only like a one and a half or two minutes long it's a short piece I would like to play all of it but um here's just a short sample of it So what do you think of this song? Um, I, this song was very pleasant. It, it gave me a, a super strong, you know, if you want to talk like cliches, it's a, you know, Western music. Um, we're watching Clint Eastwood ride his horse across the sunset or something. Um, it also reminded me for the same reason of uh, the, the old JRPG Wild Arms, which was, you know, a, a Western themed Japanese RPG. Yeah. Um, they're, they're their little anime intro to that, that game. Um, but super pleasant. I, I love the, the, there's a, a rolling kind of snare drum that's, uh, p panned left and just has some yeah. reverb on it. And it's, it's a really nice atmosphere. And I actually peeked through a couple of the other tracks on this album and, uh, there's some interestingly compressed drums on the side, um, throughout, but, um, very, very pleasant, good chord progressions and just in that, uh, very Western genre. So what was your pick of the week? My pick of the week uh, went way into the production crazy side of things. And uh, that's this kind of manic, um, happy, optimistic pop song by Rob Cantor called Old Bike. And, uh, you know, he does some almost like queen-like things with like tons of voices coming in together and mixed very tightly together in harmony. And uh, then, um, you know, this song just bounces around in a, a very delightful way. So let's just check out a little bit of Old Bike. So what did you make of this song? Um, it's a crazy song. It's very quirky and I've come to, to know that you like those kind of quirky stuff, uh, songs every once in a while. 
And um, the first thing that kind of confused me in this song is the very first thing you hear is a is a very short decaying um, guitar strum. And what I did, I was uh, I skipped back to the first song of the uh, to the song before that, and skipped to the end of it. And there's no bleed; it just it's just a reg, uh, random <laughs> guitar strum at the beginning of the song. Um, maybe it was left over from not deleting something properly and he just thought, okay, let's leave it there. It sounds fun. Maybe it's just to confuse the hell out of me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll have to agree with you on that, 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 that first strum just doesn't really make any sense. But I guess it kind of sets the scene for the production of the rest of the song with its, uh, bike samples. It, it, just in general, it shifts back and forth to, to different, uh, not really styles, but, atmospheres and um and and these background vocals they kind of came out of nowhere if you ask me and um it's very quirky i i I like i loved it it's just uh i I was about i i was on the verge of laughing from from listening to them not because it's uh funny (laughs) it's just happy it's more like laughing from being so happy from listening to this song yeah and i I mean i think the production is what interests me the most about it because it, it is um, the way the voices come in and bleed in and the, the way the different pieces kind of pop in and the, the mix is very tight and, and compressed together very well. And uh, it, it may outshine the actual song itself to me, but it I mean, it's intimately part of a song is how you produce it and record it. And uh, I don't know, like this song's only three minutes. Uh, it's, you know, it's longer than your pick of the week, but it's uh, it's not terribly long. And I think that's, you know, with something this kind of, manic um it it can't overstay its welcome is kind of a a rule of thumb um you got to get in and get out before people go all right stop it (laughs) (laughs) and with that as a reminder we always put those songs into our spotify playlist if you um look at our show notes at um sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 21 you can find a link to our spotify playlist it's grown really long we've got about 30 40 songs in there i think and yeah. um, also closing the show, you can find all the show notes, everything we talked about, all the articles and videos, uh, especially really watch those two videos about how to write a song as artists or in the style of X. And um, while you're there, you can subscribe to us if you haven't already through your favorite podcatcher on iOS. You can just use the regular podcast app or the app Overcast on Android. You might um, you might use Podcast Addict or Pocket Cast. We always like feedback, so give us feedback on Twitter. I'm at Ecolox on Twitter. You are at Medwoods Music. And tell us about those bass frequencies, as we've requested at the beginning of the show. You can also become a Patreon on patreon.com slash sunrise robot. You can chime in with some money and really support the whole network with that. And we really appreciate that. And also, as one of the rewards there, you can actually get a shout-out on the show itself. So with this, thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. So see you next week. <laughs>